0: So welcome to the latest edition of the Irish Whiskey Review Podcast. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have picture in this one. So how are we going to do this colouring, Marty? Because we can't see the colour to do it. Well, the thing about it is, Justin, right? <clears throat> we did the colour
1: feature on, on, the, on the live show. And I sort of demonstrated just how little colour goes into to changing the overall colour. Of of the whiskey, um, I used professional grade E one fifty a caramel color. Little t- tiny little speck into the whiskey, and you saw the difference in color.
0: You look so, like David Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it, it looked like Donald Trump when he forgot to get off the sunbed, sort of thing, you know. Um, but it's not actually the color I want to talk about. It's why the color Why we don't necessarily like it and why we shouldn't get too hung up about it. Okay, because lots of people do. Lots of people really get hung up and oh, we don't want colouring or colouring. I just want to talk about that for a little bit.
0: Okay. Uh, What's the aim of the colouring? Consistency? Is that it? Well, this is (laughs) primarily yes.
1: Now, back in the day, just to put it in perspective, right? When you get a blend, and you're trying to make a fairly cheap blend, you want, really to keep your costs down, and you want consistency of colour. Okay, then you want consistency. So you want to have all the different barrels coming from, all the different casks that you blend up, that you can set this beside that, beside that, beside that bottle. Now these guys, they use a spectrometer. I mean, they actually use a, a, a... Essentially, a, a laser to to make sure that the color is perfectly uh, the same in every single bottle. That's how that's how consistent they are. I mean, when you're making it on mass, that's what they do.
0: Is this a cost thing? Well, no, is it
1: not really? Because anytime you have to add something to something, it's a cost. So if you had, I mean, the fact that you have to go and buy a spectrometer, the te- if you want to do it doing big scale, it's not adding a huge amount of cost, but you're. It's the same as everything else. It's that old Adam Smith principle. Every time someone has to put their hand on something to make it, it adds to the cost. But what it does is, it means that the bottle that you buy today is the same colour as the one next week, and the two weeks from now, and a month from now, and six months from now. And
0: okay. So what you're, what you're saying is, it's easier to get the taste the same than it is to get the colour the same. Is that what you're saying? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <sighs>
1: The thing about it is, Justin, you, there's so many different aspects to, to blending whisky. Now, you, there's we've we've talked to blenders. You and I have both talked to blenders, and what they'll say is that a huge amount of it's spreadsheets, knowing where whisky is and what it what it is, and checking for off notes as a blender, rather than necessarily what the, the each individual barrel tastes of as such, because. There is a difference in every single barrel, but you know what your spirit's coming off at, because you know, you're... you're, you're <laughs> these days, all your telemetry, all, all this, the, the feedback you're getting is going to tell you that, that this is where it's at. So your spirit's going to be coming off pretty much consistent. You no know, Very little variation, really. The casks that you're buying are going to be very similar. So you're just want to check and make sure that they're all okay. So your spirit should, in theory, be pretty much where you're going to say You do no guarantee okay. guarantee. okay. But when you're putting your blend in and they're making up the blend, you know what the recipe is as such. You, you know People know that you put uh, a little bit of pita in it and a little bit of this on it, a little bit of bourbon know. That, okay, yeah. That's where your blend is. Okay? Now, when you make that... You want the same product basically going out every week and in order to get that a tiny little bit of colouring is going to go into your blend to make it 100 percent or as close to 100 percent as possible we've also talked about flavour drift you know we've talked we've done live tasting where we compared something from years ago to something now and there's a whole list of reasons why it changes changes flavour over a period of time but There's from now to next week, there's not going to be any change. So, certainly very, very minor
0: changes. Does colouring alter people's perception then? Because whiskey's really always a brownie colour, isn't it? Well, pretty much. The the thing is,
1: these days, most people don't use a huge amount of colouring. Okay? Recently, there's been a few of the sort of uh, a couple of the bigger names have been accused of using, being a heavy hand up with it. And to be fair, I've had a few bottles and they're not too decent. past. And have certainly been hit with uh, with a fair amount of colouring. But, but, it,
0: but it, doesn't, it doesn't alter the taste. So I'm trying to get to the crux of why you would use it if it doesn't alter the taste. A lot of the times uh, products are in a coloured bottle. Why go then for the consistency and the colouring? if there isn't anything really to it no, this is this is the key see? some people tell you that they can't
1: taste it I'm going to argue I'll throw me I'll, I'll put my neck on the line and say no they can't, they think they can but they can't right, ok right? because I could put concentrated professional grade food colouring on a, a tiny spit on a teaspoon and set it in your tongue and you probably won't taste anything now that's it and it's professional grade neat on your tongue and you there's tiny, tiny tiny tiniest little bit of taste now whenever you take that amount of coloring and put that into barrels of, of whiskey you're not tasting coloring okay it just won't but years ago more so than today because people don't People are a bit more savvy to these things now. Years ago, they would have put colouring in it to make it look older. Because the deeper the colour, the more you think it's been in a cask. A oh, better cask.
0: Okay, so are they trying to double trick you into hmm. thinking that colour is a better quality whiskey if it's a deeper colour? Is is, yeah. is that what they're trying to do? Because well, they have quite often. We would have done more in the past, not just so much now. Okay. People are a lot more savvy. But but it's it's cheaper whiskies tend to get the colour in now, isn't it? Yes.
1: And that's that's one of the points I'm going to make. The thing is, if you're buying a bottle of whiskey at twenty pound, twenty five pound, thirty pound you can't really complain if you put a bit of colour in it. Because everything's about keeping costs down about Making sure you are a standard product, you're putting it out to the, to mass mass produce it. So the colour is just making life an awful lot easier for everybody. It helps with your brand identity. <laughs> all of that. Now, now, now
0: I'm gonna say do you remember Henry Ford says you can have any colour you want except every colour you want so long as it's black. That's right. And nowadays if you want a black car, you're you're charged more. Yeah. I still don't get this colour. Because right. if, if coloring, if only cheap ones do it, right, no, and the more expensive you, ones no, don't do it, no, why no, do the uh, cheap ones do it? No, you're, that's not.
1: These days, mainly the cheaper ones will do it. The more expensive ones tend not to do it, but you'll still get coloring in some of the the, the more expensive balls. Okay. Now, the reason we don't like coloring in whiskey as a as a sort of Whiskey aficionado or whatever word you want to put. What you're doing whenever you get a whiskey with colour in it is it's taking you a step further away from the cask or from the distillery. It's in some ways altering your perception. Now, this has been documented on numerous occasions that colour affects taste. People's perception of stuff, uh, you you have this, this, there's a a thing called synesthesia, which is basically where your senses get slightly confused with each other. Okay. For example, if you listen to very loud music, if you're listening to music when you're trying to taste a whiskey, you won't taste it the same. Most, a lot of people, that's well over half people
0: won't taste it the same. I believe you in this one. I believe right. you in this one. Yes, because I know a bit about sound. Yes.
1: If people are playing high-pitched, you know, high-tempo music, things taste sweeter. And if they play deep bass music, they taste more umami, more more uh, that sort of meaty flavour. Is,
0: is yes. that why Indian restaurants play that sort of like sitar <laughs> music, is it? Well, it's kind of, yeah. Um, that's why, it's certainly why... Uh, Certain drinks
1: taste sweet when you're in a in a disco, you know, in a nightclub, Justin. Back in the day, okay. Because that red light, that high pitch music, and the red light and stuff makes things taste sweeter. And and this is documented. You can go and check this out. So, mm. color affects your perception. It genuinely affects your your perception of taste. Now, if you are putting that color in, that's a masking. Your idea of what the cask was, where the cask was, was this a, a, a good sherry cask a well-seasoned
0: sherry? Okay, cask. so you're beginning to think about other things that mm. are more important.
1: So uh, certainly, certainly more important to the the whiskey aficionado. Certainly, this is the this is the whole point I want to make about this. Colouring, in and of itself, doesn't really affect the taste. It just doesn't. But the reason we don't particularly want the colouring is because it takes that little step, that's that little barrier between you and the full experience of buying a, a good quality, possibly a single cask, possibly a limited edition, possibly a, you know, the, the sherry cask finish. you just used to do the bourbon cask finish. You know, it's, it's, it's just taking that little step away from it.
0: But because most whiskey aficionados know this, surely it's pointless in doing this because you're not really duping anybody.
1: Well, the only thing the only thing is you're not none of the distilleries were really setting out to dupe people as such. But it's they do it because as I say, it's various reasons they can do it. What they want to do is Give you the best experience, and from a from a purchaser, from from a guy who actually buys whiskey, I want the experience to be as close to the, the the real thing as possible. Now, whatever the real thing happens to be, should that be a single cast bottling, I want to be as close to the cast. If it's a distillery, um, better offering as, as age statement, etc., etc. I want to be close to the distillery and to the blender. You know, if it's a single malt, I want to be as close to it. But the blender sends out. And every time you add something to that, you're taking a little step away from the core product, the, from what it, you really, you want as a purist, you would sort of want to have.
0: Okay, take this scenario. Okay. Right? So, what happens if you get a whiskey? It looks terrible. Um, it's badly presented in a bad bottle. But when you taste it it's actually quite good.
1: To be honest that's
0: that's the, <laughs> if the price point is it good it, it,
1: that's kind of the tastes really what you' you're, you're going for. Now I personally like a lot of the presentation. you know I like I like having the presentation and looking at it and yes. buying into it and see how it is. but when it's all said and done, the presentation is superfluous. The presentation's also something that they're presenting you with. Uh, but ultimately, it comes down to the liquid. And it's, a, it's, it's, to me, it, it's like wearing rose tinted glasses. It, you know, you, you can see the world you think, well, that looks okay, but it's not actually the way it is. So you're getting the colouring put into it, and you look at it, and it just means it masks over. You can go, well, there's no point in me even looking at the colour of it, because it's... it's Altered to suit whatever way they want to put it, out. whereas I want to be able to say, I think they get that wrong, or that cask's maybe not what I I would like. It's not it's not
0: adding in the depth. Um, What's actually in this colour? What what is it made of? What what is that made of? That, that e number? <laughs> it's it's made of basically
1: burnt sugars. Now don't be thinking that that's your, your bag of sucrose. Right, uh, it's basically. Um burnt, burnt carbohydrate, and that can come from very, very, very many sources, now. and the idea of it is, it's designed not to have any taste. Right. So it's not like toffee. You know, it's not, it's not caramelized. It's a caramelized sugar that's designed to have neutral flavour, and it can come from a variety of sources.
0: See, I, I still, I still really don't get this colour and concept because. If you have a petrol car, you put petrol in it. If you have a diesel car, you put mm-hmm. diesel in it. If you have an electric car, you put electric in it. And the outcome is they get you from A to B in exactly the same way. So if the colouring is odourless right, mm-hmm. and tasteless and is only used for consistency of colour... Why does it matter that much whenever we have interviewed people that are putting out wonky bottles? Why does the colour have... Because unless you have two bottles beside each other, you're not going to know the difference between one and the other, are you? Probably not. But the idea is... You have to remember,
1: something that's whiskey can sit on a shelf for a very long time. So if somebody buys you a bottle for your birthday, and they bought it four months ago, and then you get another bottle from somebody who bought it last week and then maybe you've bought yourself one because you didn't know that you were getting two bottles of that for your birthday and you set them up and they're all three different colours, you you would look at it and go, hang on there's something not right there now, if if someone turns around and says that this is a single cask you obviously go, well, there's all different casks so that's, do you understand if I have cask A, B and C You expect them to be different, that's the point. Yeah, you you want to see what's the difference between the casks. You want to see the the interplay between the the spirit that's went in, which is hopefully the same spirit, goes into this cask, goes into A, goes into B, into C. And then you pull it out, and you might go, Well, if all three parameters all went into the same cask, you pull them out, which one do I prefer? That was the better cask. Whenever you get, if those were all coloured to being standardised you've lost a bit of that experience you've, you've 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 created a bit of difference between you and the cast
0: okay now there's been a move i'm digressing a bit there's been a move to sweeter whiskies, right it has what does the coloring i mean if it's deeper and richer does that make people think it's sweeter then or does that make people think it's less sweet
1: I'm going to say it probably makes people think... Again, there's no hard and fast rules for this because people perceive things totally different. Uh, you, most people would look at something that's got a more caramelly colour and probably turn around and say, oh, that's, that's sweeter because it looks as if it should be sweeter. You know, if something's the colour of, of water, it doesn't look as sweet as something that's the colour of caramel.
0: I'm with you. OK.
1: So... Don't get me wrong, for lots of people, that this probably doesn't equate to the same thing. But, look, it, scientifically, there's been report after report to say that people's perceptions of things influence the actual taste. That's why um, Hest and Blumenthal play you sea music, you know, the, the, the rolling ocean while you eating oysters to give you an all-around sensory experience. You know, it doesn't make any real difference to the taste, except in your head.
0: So, are whiskey snobs right then to be anti-coloring?
1: Um, yes and no. You you should be anti-coloring if you're buying a single cask, or if you're buying a higher end bottling, because you should expect it to be a premium product. You, 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 if you want, if you were buying a Bentley and it had been resprayed by your mate out the back of his house you're not going to be it's not going to be exactly the same whereas mm. if you get a factory sprayed Bentley, that's what you want you know, a factory original
0: Has there been cases then of high-end whiskey coming out of the barrel it tastes fabulous the nose is brilliant the mouth feels fantastic but the colour's all wrong and they go you know what, we're going to have to put colour in on that <laughs> um. Uh, there is i don't want to name
1: particularly names because there's quite a famous distillery um that have been in the past very heavy handed uh, with with the coloring uh well there's no point in saying it. everybody knows about it bowmore right bowmore bowmore have in the past been uh, heavy on the coloring to the point where, where people have been like, this just looks ridiculous. Uh, okay, so
0: this is this is well known. This is a bit like Apple slowing down the phones. They got caught at it, didn't
1: they? Well, they kind of did, yeah. Um, and, and a few, a few people were giving off about, oh, it, it just looks ridiculous. Um, they also, a lot of people were saying, oh, I, they've overdone the colouring. I can taste it. I'm going to say they'd have to put a hell of a lot of colouring in it for you to taste it, but it it, it just looked, it looked odd and it looked ridiculous, and that has put a barrier up between the, 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 the purveyor, the person who's made it and selling it and the end user uh, because they kind of think, well if they've adulterated that
0: Maybe the work experience boy just put too much in
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine that has happened an awful lot more than you think in fact um Jim McCune's book he he Jim McCune's biography, he makes a, a reference to this that there was this massive order that he was sending over to um the States, I think it was, and he was really it's a huge order and he was working really hard, working really hard and he put the colouring in at night that night before he went home and then he came in the next morning, he hadn't slept that well, he was panicking about this order and then put more more colouring in so he put a double dose of colouring in wow. and it was the, he said that there was this specific recipe, it had to be this, it had to be that, to give exactly the colour that it needed to be etc etc and he had just doubled the colouring and he said well what do you do, just ship it just ship it and see what happens and the people in the end of it came back and said Oh, that was the best whiskey we've ever tasted. Thank you for using the extra sherry casks. <laughs> just <laughs> and he, he said that he just got away with it because right. people thought it was that perception, um, and they got away with it. But it, it, I mean, it didn't alter the taste in any way. Mm. And, and if if someone of the caliber of and the experience of Jim McEwen says that it, it doesn't alter the. The, the, the taste. I'm quite happy to go along with him as well, <laughs> because I don't think it does. But, uh,
0: yeah. So, is it's colouring one of these things it'll it'll come and it'll go, it'll come and it'll go. Uh, what happens if it gets outlawed for whatever reason?
1: It'll never be outlawed. Um, but, but, I don't really see why it should be. If you're buying a lower end entry level whiskey that you have loved and enjoyed for years and years and years, um, and it's got colour in it. What difference is it going to
0: make? Well, you is know, it? you know what I'm going to speculate here. I'm going to say that somebody needs to do right. Say mm-hmm. it's 2061, and they're celebrating 200 years of Horn and Wolf, right? And it's okay. ju- it's just built a flying boat again, right? You know, one of those Acrano <laughs> planes, and they bring out a yellow-coloured whiskey. I would buy it. I oh, sure would. I sure would. I. For the crack,
1: <laughs> they will not, not allowed to. It'll have to be caramel coloured whiskey. Wh- <laughs> this is the, the only colouring you can put in whiskey, right? Is, and still call it whiskey is E one fifty A. It's the only one that they're allowed right. to Right, that's
0: more or less what I was getting at. So you can't do that then. No. Um, I could call it. I could call it. There's a there's a, there's a, a coffee shop open near me, and it's called Not Another Coffee Shop. And if uh-huh. I called it, this is not a whiskey, but it's made in Harden and Wolf, and it's Harden Wolf yellow. It would be a winner, would it?
1: And as long as you say, if you say it's definitely not a whiskey, then you probably get away with it. Because let's be honest, the, the the big trend in a lot of these now is flavored whiskies. Right, um, and we'll do a t- we'll do a talk about some of them because I happen to have a few of them now. Okay, um, including the most sought after one of all, uh, the, 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 certainly in the states, the Crown Royal Peach. Um, I haven't tried it yet. Actually, have a no, I haven't. I, I'll get you a wee drop of it. It's right up your street. You'll love it. Is it? P- um, Peaches and yeah. cream. Lovely. Oh, oh, you'll love this. Because, it, to be fair, I've tasted a few of these now, and most of them aren't very nice. Crown Royal peach is is exactly what it should be. It's not necessarily my cup of tea, but I can see on a hot summer's day, drop a Crown Royal. Bit of lemonade and a few ice cubes, and it would be extremely refreshing. Instant cocktail, instant instant cocktail. cocktail. But see, this is it. You can put in um, flavourings now into whiskies and call them flavoured whiskies, but uh, you can't put in another colouring and call it um, still, call it whiskey. It has to be E150As is your only option there.
0: Okay, well I'm gonna whiskey tango syrup foxtrot Oscar <laughs> <laughs> you do that. But no as I say colour has
1: its place but not in higher end whiskies. We don't want them in higher end stuff. You know, keep them for the lower end stuff, no problem at all, no argument there. But higher end stuff. You want as close to the close to the original as possible.
0: Great stuff, Marty. Catch us on the live show Saturdays, 10pm uh, on uh, British Summertime or GMT uh, on YouTube and Facebook. Catch us on the repeat on LinkedIn and Instagram and also wherever you get your podcast, just say Smart Speaker, whatever you call its name and play the Irish Whiskey Review podcast and as if by magic, we'll appear. God love you. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Catch you Saturday, Marty.
1: Alright, mate.